Hello and welcome to episode number 265 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good man, pretty good. Back with another big movie, um, the last sort of big one for a little while. Um, Obviously we've been in the cinema a lot recently, Um, but yeah, we'll be away for a few weeks now until the kind of madness of October. Um, Mm. October is like the triple threat of madness because it's big cinema releases. It's a lot of stuff on streaming services and all of the TV shows. Um, But yeah, it's going to be very, very fun. Um, Yeah, we'll talk about kind of our upcoming schedule uh, at the end of the show as well, because yeah, there's some really interesting stuff just around the corner that I want to touch upon. Um, But yeah, before we talk about James Wan's latest horror movie, which is a crazy thing to say out loud. um, It's a nice thing to say out loud, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, You know, we've been saying in the last few weeks, it feels like this one's been going under the radar a little bit. Um, And I still feel like it has to some extent. Um, But uh, it is out now. Um, And so, yeah, we'll get to it shortly. Um, But first, with the news, just a little bit this week. Um, This first news story is kind of a massive news story, but obviously doesn't affect us in the slightest. Um, (laughs) But I do want to talk about the impact that it's going to have on the movie because it's pretty crazy and and kind of last minute as well. Um, And it is to do with the whole ongoing, the way these movies are being released. You know, we're seeing it changing left, right and center. Um, And yeah, Halloween Kills, which has kind of been positioned as one of the biggest horror movies of the year for, you know, the long longest time um you know we talked about it recently that that was one of the first dominoes to fall last year um when all of the release dates were being shuffled they they announced that you know well over six months before release um they're like yep it's just going to get a full year delay when we're not even going to worry about it this halloween season um you know obviously at that point they thought oh yeah we'll be well past the pandemic at that point and obviously things aren't that way um but they're stuck to the date and we are still seeing the movie that that's the good news um but you do get more options uh if you live in the states because mm. it is coming to peacock on the same day as cinemas um so of course october 15th you will have the choice whether you're in the states um obviously for us we'll still be seeing it on the big screen because that is the only option anyway as well as our preferred way of watching movies um but yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy. Um, obviously, this is like a reflection of a lot of movies underperforming. You know, mm. if you're not Marvel, um, it seems like across the board, everything has struggled in the last couple of months as things, you know, maybe get worse or stay the same or whatever. Um, but yeah, what what is your kind of take on this or reaction to this news? Yeah, I mean, I guess the biggest thing is is that it's just not really affecting us, so mm. I don't have too much of a take on it. But it's just like, it, you know, that world, this world we're in is still continuing, and a lot of these movies, it makes sense to do day and date kind of. Um, my, you know, my, my kind of real interesting kind of part will be when we get post proper post COVID, and you know what happens with cinema releases then do we still get these day and dates or do we get do we transition back to the world we're in or or are we just too far beyond that at this point um you know because it's a significant amount of time that we're getting these movies day and date Mm. um and it's just going to be feel the norm for a lot of people and and I, i wonder what it will be like if they do transition a hard cut back a soft cut back or or will things stay the same at this point and and is this the new normal for releases yeah, I mean, I think obviously it will depend on movie to movie and kind of who's distributing them. But I think it's going to be 
a rude awakening for a lot of people um we're seeing it more and more that they are trying to protect cinema release dates you know like you say earlier on this year i mean warner bros were kind of like the craziest example because they committed to a full year um and so they were like we're going to put these stuff out and they've seen stuff like suicide squad massively underperform in the states and it's no surprise because you can just watch it on hbo max and i think disney are fascinating you know we're not going too off topic here but we will be talking about non-horror movies but obviously after black widow um and then jungle cruise being the final disney movie that they did the whole premiere access thing Mm. um so obviously shang chi has just now come out and that's only in theaters um and and that's right now that's in the middle of september so that is a pretty massive statement from disney in terms of protecting these movies with a cinema release um so it is fascinating but yeah as far as this movie goes like of the the first movie was such a huge hit um it made 255 million dollars um which is obviously insane and it's obviously the second movie was never going to do that in a covid world anyway but as we've seen with these movies that are available on streaming services especially in the states like they have under delivered and i just i don't see this movie doing anything like this notable now um because especially a halloween movie yeah um like i feel like it's you know it's good because you're going to get a massive casual fan base and obviously if the movie's good that's good for the long-term future and obviously we already know well ahead of this that this is the middle part of a trilogy um so when halloween ends comes out um i can't remember if that is dated for next halloween or not i think it is when halloween kills ends we'll know how halloween ends (laughs) begins yes um yeah that's the perfect way to end this um but yeah it's <laughs> it, it's uh yeah it's a thing um like i say i i totally see it and i think we're, we're seeing this this reaction now where I, i've already seen kind of like i think Candyman is already available on demand um that's we're crazy. seeing the kind of traditional blu-ray releases being brought massively forward which is good as well yeah. um so yeah things are obviously changing like is is a quiet place out yeah that came out a while yeah, ago yeah I've, right? I've literally had the blu-ray sat on my shelf for a couple of weeks and just haven't watched it yet yeah i thought it was because i saw a news story the other day of like old is coming out really soon mm. and i was just like man it's like already coming out but obviously they they have that small window and then they need to just make as much money as uh, humanly possible for these movies um but yeah, an interesting one. Um, but yeah, next up on the news, um, I've got a couple of items here regarding uh, Guillermo del Toro, which um, so basically his the, the very small update first is about his next movie. Um, this is just a very small update that it's kind of got a two week delay. So it's pretty much nothing. Um, December 17th is when we're seeing this one um, in theaters. So hopefully I think there were some images come out of this, this week as well. So I have to imagine that we're only a few weeks away from a trailer. Um, and I definitely want to see a trailer for this one because I don't really know much about it i know it's not massively probably a horror movie um but they're kind of like the cast and i'll watch anything del toro makes anyway um so i'm definitely pumped for this one um but the other part of the news actually um was because of sean messaged us about this and i hadn't really heard much about this one um which is another project del toro is doing on tv um which is a kind of horror anthology series um called cabinet of curiosities um and this is coming to netflix um i don't think there's a date on this one um but essentially it's kind of going to be eight different stories um del toro is is working on two of them um so these are original works by him which i'm assuming he's writing and directing um which is very exciting mm. um 
But there's also a whole host of other big names in horror. Um, kind of uh, Panos uh, Cosmatos, who is the director of Mandy, um, is doing one and uh, one of the episodes, um, as well as Jennifer Kent, um, who did The Babadook and The Nightingale, um, and also Vincenzo Natale, who did loads of Hannibal. He's involved as well. Um, so there's like a lot of big names involved in this. Um, and yeah, it's cool. Like you say, I don't. This seems like a weird one because um, you would just assume, oh, it's going to be October, but I can't see any release dates or anything like this. So I don't know if this is like miles away. I would assume that this is after, obviously, Nightmare Alley um, because he'll want his next movie to not get crushed by like a TV you'd, you'd show. show. wouldn't you? But I mean, yeah, he, he just kind of um, has so many fingers and pies, doesn't he? Because mm. it, this has got his name written on all over it, hasn't it, as well? Like yeah. In the, yeah, so it's kind of like... You know, obviously he's, you know, kind of going to be... How many did you say he's directing? Two. Two out of the eight, yeah. Yeah, that's still pretty decent. Yeah, and it says, like, he he's the executive producer, he's the co-showrunner, and he'll, he'll direct in the series. So, yeah, mm-hmm. he he's very... And I think it is kind of like it's his name on it all over it. So, um, yeah. Yeah, really cool to see him in the horror and in the TV space. Like, mm-hmm. we... This is something that um, we've seen more and more over recent years, that kind of, like, these big-name actors slash directors are just willing to do TV now in a way that wasn't even remotely a possibility 10 or 15 years ago, mm-hmm. um, which I think is great. Um, and then, yeah, lastly, um, just a, a very small kind of film in here that we've never really talked about before, and I've never seen it before, to be honest with you, but this trailer dropped this past week um, for another movie coming out in October, <laughs> as if there isn't enough of those. So, yeah, we, we kind of already have our schedule locked in, but this was a, a little fun one, um, a trailer for a movie called There's Someone Inside Your House, um, which is, yeah, Netflix movie coming October 6th. Um, it's from uh, Patrick Bryce, the director who directed creep one and two um and yeah just as a quick side note like i can't believe we haven't got creep three by I now i was literally then about to say that like <laughs> well these guys I know, I know it's patrick and then it's the the actor who's in it as well kind of like the creator as a camera boy's name is now but they um they're so busy like they do so mm-hmm. much stuff that isn't horror they do a lot of dramas and obviously they they yeah mark duplass and they they have like a shit ton of stuff like where they have an exclusive deal with netflix so they're pumping out dramas and and all sorts of stuff for them so i think it's just a case of when they get to it they'll get to it um but yeah yeah, they made creep in like you know a weekend (laughs) they just got a camera and went to the woods didn't they yeah, it's just how crazy do they want to get at this point mm. in their lives? Um, because, yeah, that must take out of them. But, yeah, this movie, um, I put this in the news just because of the fact that it is another slasher. And I think it's fascinating to see this kind of resurgence mm. um, that we've seen within the slasher genre that, like, that didn't exist five years ago. And kind of like with Happy Hef- uh, Happy Death Day and Freaky and obviously Scream just around the corner, but, like, and so much stuff on Netflix as well. Mm. I think it is fascinating, especially for you, because obviously you love slashes um yeah i'm living so the dream what, what did you make of the trailer um I, th- I thought it looked good i thought it was um the the whole kind of premise of the killer wearing your face as a mask mm. when he kills you i think is um is pretty pretty cool and, and a unique concept it's kind of got good imagery and it's kind of um you know in the trailer the, the killer's kind of like literally running through a party and it's like well Everyone knows who the target is, but it's still like inevitably how do they get them alone and kind of get the kill. And so, um, 
yeah, I think that cat and mouse could be fun. Like mm. um, if there's kind of two or three people singled out and then they see who, who's got the, you know, who's wearing the, um, whose face the, the killer's wearing, then they can kind of, you know, w- the audience will kind of know who's, who's the target and that sort of thing. And yeah, so I like that side of it. And um, yeah, it, look, it looked like a fun slasher. It, it, you know, it looked like a Netflix slasher movie. Mm. I, I don't think it's going to be, you know, this, this crazy, you know, incredible thing, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be on the par of, of the movies that you've mentioned that have been the theatrical ones, but who knows, you know, it's, um, you know, like babysitter movies and those sort of ones have been fun. And I think it's probably along that line of, mm. you know, level. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I do, I really like the concept of mm. them kind of having this mask. And, and so this is based upon a New York Times bestselling novel. So, you know, which is very rare, I guess, for a slasher. Mm. Um, and I think that kind of adds credence to I it gives me hope that this would be well written and would have some mm. interest and story in there. Um, but yeah, it looks cool. Like I say, I definitely agree that it looks super Netflix. Um, you know, it's the classic teen focused film, um, which again, like I don't want to say that in a negative way because that they they are inconsistent there there's some really good ones and there's some bad ones but i do think overall they are starting to turn it around and before mm. i would be a lot more worried about something like this um whereas i yeah. think this year and and the tail end of last year and stuff like fear street where they really <laughs> are starting to turn the corner and they are competently putting together really well done slashes at this point mm. um so yeah i definitely want to check this out like if this was you know <laughs> when we were quiet i'd be like hell yeah i'd throw this on netflix and be excited for it obviously we're not going to get to it when it comes out because uh, october's nuts but definitely one to put on the back burner and like you say if if uh, november's nice and quiet then uh, hopefully we'll get to this one um but yeah it does look cool uh but yeah that is pretty much it for the news this week shall we talk about this week's film let's do it let's talk about malignant So, yeah, like we kind of alluded to at the start of the show, um, one of our favorite guys is back. James Wan is back. It's been yeah. a while. Yeah. So, obviously, what we covered, uh, The Conjuring 2. Yeah, his um, last horror movie. Yeah, it's so weird to think that um, because it's been so long and kind of like, especially yeah, with Aquaman the whole... was what two or three years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah, Aquaman was was twenty eighteen, so it mm. has just been a long time in general. Um, and obviously, he is working on a sequel to that. Um, but yeah, obviously, returning to horror, um, you know, his mm-hmm. first original horror IP since what Insidious or was that before? No, it was the Conjuring. Oh, it's yeah, Conjuring. The Conjuring. Conjuring after Insidious. Yeah, so like that is pretty nuts in in mm. of itself, um, and obviously he has done such great work, uh, you know, across the years, starting with his debut movie, obviously one of our all time favorite horror movies in Saw, um, just absolutely outstanding. And I think yeah, his contributions to horror have been almost overlooked because he is a guy that went off to other pastures, and obviously he's made two 
big non-horror movies that both grossed over a billion dollars at the cinema, <laughs> um, which I, I also do think starts to go under the radar a little bit. I get that he's working within established franchises, um, obviously with Fast and the Furious and Aquaman, but like those are almost, I mean, it is the series high point for Fast and Furious. Yeah. Um, and Aquaman is like one of the highest grossing DC movies. And I feel like he doesn't get really the credit for either of those successes that he deserves. No, and the thing is, there aren't, there aren't that many directors that can put their hand out and say you know i've directed two billion dollar you know grossing movies mm, 100%, um yeah. and, you know and then you take marvel out of that i know this <laughs> is marvel adjacent but even then he's in you know it's dc and another ip yeah. um you know you take kind of marvel directors out of that and that list becomes very elite a hundred percent so so yeah i think it you know he definitely has, and, and when you look through his filmography as well, like the the, the contributions he's made to horror have just been fantastic. You know, mm. um, like him or not, the Insidious and Conjuring movies were the blueprint for the last decade, yeah, um, or fifteen years at this point, pretty much. Um, yeah, and, and like likewise, Saw was, of uh, course, and yeah, yeah, Saw. Well, yeah, sorry, Saw for like you know fifteen years and what that span. Um, but but in particular, because with with Saw, obviously there was. A lot of copycats and a lot of kind of you know that that kind of subgenre, but with the Conjuring and, and Insidious, you know how many of those movies exist at this point within those franchises and outside of those franchises that are copying mm. them? It's it's just absolutely outrageous. You know we see them every week, and and you know most weeks when we see them, we kind of say you know if Insidious and the Conjuring didn't exist, <laughs> we'd be losing our minds about these movies. But mm. James Wan did it first. And yeah, I know he didn't do it first, but, you know, in the modern kind of spell, you know, and it's just kind of, um, you know, he really has, you know, left his footprint. And I think kind of with Malignant, I, I think it's something that um, has just, like you say, gone completely under the radar. Mm. It's um, something that, that we hadn't really even thought about really on the podcast. It was just like, oh, yeah, he's doing a horror movie. Edgar Wright's doing a horror movie cool stuff's <laughs> happening do you know what i mean and it was always mm. just kind of thrown in there and then we kind of got the the edgar trailer kind of was a bit more um artistic and kind of a bit more kind of mystique about what it's about and, and everything else and i think kind of um took took some of our attention and i think with kind of uh, malignant the trailer kind of tells you what the movie's about although we'll get into that but and so we kind of was like, okay, we kind of know what that's about. We're just it sounds cool. Let's let's just watch it, and um, that is now what we have done. Yeah, I, I do think it's worth noting as well. Now, even though I do one hundred percent agree with that, but I I did I do just think the last night in Soho trailer is much better um, than the malignant trailer was. Um, obviously, we'll talk about the movie now, oh, which yeah, is way more yeah, important. That's what I mean, kind of, you know, when I say kind of more artistic and everything, it just captured our attention more. Yeah, yeah. Of, of the two trailers, it, it captured our attention more. Yeah, yeah. and obviously at this point, having now seen Malignant, like I'm really mm. thankful for the Malignant trailer because yeah, I don't, I don't think it gives away anything, um, which is great. The, the one last thing I wanted to note, I guess, before we go into plot, is like, I this must be his last, um, or sorry, his first 18 rated movie since Saw in the UK. 
um because because insidious and the conjuring movies they were 15 yeah yeah Yeah. so Um, like dead sentence um, and death sentence they were both 15s right i thought death sentence was an 18 but oh yeah it might have been but let's just forget about that because it's more fun to think about saw um but that is cool and obviously that's not a horror movie um so yeah it's it's cool like you know seeing whatever rules you want bro it's fine (laughs) (laughs) um it's his first movie since saw which is great i don't know where he's been for 17 years um but i'm very excited i'm glad he's me too um but yeah so i guess good luck with this one um it's gonna be difficult because this is a movie unlike no other this year in terms i guess of spoilers um because i don't think either of us had real any idea about what this movie was truly Uh, about until we saw it no no we didn't um i want want that to be everyone's experience (laughs) yeah i think so So i think going into this we will be very careful we're always quite careful but i think Mm. we will be skirting over a lot of things and then we might throw up a spoiler conversation if we yeah i think we're gonna have to we will definitely kind of give our review spoiler spoiler free for certain Mm. um but yeah kind of um with that in mind yeah the the opening scene is something that i will not be talking about um (laughs) what i will say is that the opening scene of this movie really does do a good point of kind of setting up what this movie is actually about and kind of the the kind of you know more you know the the bigger part of it and it was like when when this movie first came on i was like hang on a second i thought i was like gonna have some woman that's seeing these kind of visions of murders and stuff what is this craziness but anyway Mm. that aside um we then we then kind of um meet our kind of main character madison who um is kind of in this uh abusive relationship where she's trying to get pregnant and um keeps kind of failing and she ends up kind of um having this kind of well she her and her husband have this dispute she she kind of um uh hits her head and then that night um as her husband sleep in a separate room they kind of they they get attacked and um the it's kind of um really kind of quite fast paced isn't it the opening mm. i think and kind of how it goes because they kind of get attacked and then basically from from there on out, um, I'm already kind of struggling with spoilers. And what I say is <laughs> yeah. that basically what is in kind of the description is that after that, Madison is kind of plagued by these kind of visions of murders. Um, the kind of person who attacked her is kind of like she she is now seeing these visions. And it's kind of like a whole sleep paralysis sort of thing where she yeah. kind of becomes frozen. And then the world around her morphs into kind of the 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 room where the killer is and she's kind of in the room paralyzed witnessing these murders mm. um and so kind of as as the movie kind of unfolds we get introduced to kind of um detectives who are kind of on this murder case and and she kind of gets involved with them and um which is quite fun it's always a buzzword for you when police are heavily involved in a movie so I'm quite <laughs> I'm quite excited about that um and yeah I guess kind of she basically needs to kind of go into her own kind of past and and history to to figure out kind of why she's seeing these visions and what they mean and kind of what this what this kind of connection is and and how to stop this killer Mm. um and and that's that's the netflix disc or that's sorry that's the kind of imdb kind of description and that's probably 
pretty much where I'm going to stop as well. I think that's where the trailer kind of leads you as well. Um, you know, we see a lot of Madison in these kind of very kind of um, uh, well kind of done shots of her paralyzed and the whole world kind of melting before her. Very reminiscent of Silent Hill, if you ever played those games, um, which I thought was fun. Um, uh, but yeah, I guess kind of, do you want to go into this one or do you want me to go into this one? Yeah, I can go into it. Um, I, I, yeah, so kind of, you know, we can give our overall thoughts and our impressions on the movie. Yeah. And then, yeah, at some point we'll have to, I guess, peel it back even just somewhat because um, this conversation yeah, think, is going to get more confusing we as just, we go on. <laughs> we'll just give our thoughts on the movie, give our recommendations. That will be a shorter segment than usual. And then and then we'll we'll have to go into some spoilers. Yeah, because like you say, this is one of the most spoiler-heavy movies that we've seen this year. And mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's really hard to go into it in any sort of substance. Yeah. But um, yeah, kind of, you know, you mentioned the opening scene, which we don't want to go into right now. Mm. And it is just so bizarre that I was just sitting there like, what on earth is going on? This is not the movie that I thought I remember. Because I'd, I'd seen the trailer once. Mm. And so I vaguely okay. kind of, I was like, oh, yeah, it's this woman like oh and she's trying to help you know help detectives track the serial killer that she has some sort of link to through these like dreams or sleep paralysis like you said and yeah it seemed very like much like oh okay you can see the dna of a conjuring or an insidious but this is kind of like a different take on that where it's going to be probably a lot of slow drawn out scenes at night where she's going to see a killer going for a house but that's going to be their unique take on it Mm. um and that's kind of what the movie sells you um and then yeah you get the opening scene which doesn't correlate to that whatsoever um then we are introduced to Madison and it's kind of it's really grounded and kind of brutal the start of this movie yeah um and really unsettling um like I say it's weird because you have such a weird zany scene which we'll talk about later then an extended credit sequence then the proper movie begins and it's immediately like this real dark brutal story with madison you know this current pregnant woman in this really abusive relationship and it's and they don't shy away from it it's not like it's all hinted at you know it's not like invisible man where the lot of the worst of stuff has happened before the movie begins it's like no they show you it on screen and it's really unsettling and i think it's one of probably the main reasons why this movie has an 18 rating oh yeah um, well, when when we got to the uh you know, like the, the film, right? The certification, mm. it, it specifically said that. And I remember yeah. thinking as the movie was beginning, I was like, that's, that's strange to see that. Yeah. So did I like it's um, domestic abuse or something like that for the hard 18 rating. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, that is a warning, I guess, to people, because you probably wouldn't expect that, I guess, if you've just mm. seen the trailer and that is something to be mindful of. Um, and then, yeah, you get to the setup that you've described after this incident and that's when it's like the movie is is slowly starting to pull away things and there are obviously a lot of different hints of of something wider going on and it is following the format i guess that i thought it would be to the most part where it's kind of like okay it's the, it's some horn in scenes but they keep hinting they keep hinting and just as the movie keeps peeling away more and layers you realize that this movie isn't what it seems at all um and it is it's almost an yeah it is almost like a troll I think like it's close to being a troll where he is he is so playing on your expectations you know he knows that if you're a hardcore horror fan watching this that you've seen so many of those types of movies over the last 8 to 10 years yeah. 
and he knows that and so he's playing with those expectations conjuring and insidious and that you're 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 expecting that going into this <laughs> yeah which is so clever because like you say i just expected a good one of those mm. um and so the fact that he plays upon that and then extrapolates this movie and once it pulls back it ends up being so much more than that um and there's so much going on and i think that to me the more crazy this got the more i fell in love with it and i think it wasn't a movie that i was consistently in love with because of i guess my confusion with it um and really that my just not expecting what type of movie this was going to be um and i can't even pinpoint you like a moment where mm. it flipped because you start to realize like especially with the way the characters are portrayed because as i mentioned madison is like really in this brutal storyline to begin with mm. and so i'm like oh it's going to be another one of these hard-hitting emotional horror movies but then the more it goes on the more it actually ends up being quite ludicrous um <laughs> it ends up being very camp um which i think is great and some real ridiculous dialogue and it but it's you can tell it's all intentional and you you start to watch it and going oh this is like james's kind of idea of a throwback horror movie but he's wrapped it in this modern thing that you're you're expecting it to be this other thing and mm. that's the genius of the movie and and by the end of it um i absolutely loved it i thought this movie was incredible by the time it ended and mm. i feel like it's a movie that i can only fully do it justice and give my thoughts on it when i've seen it a second time because One now I know the tricks and so I know what to look out for and I'll be and I'll be ready for it and invested from minute one but I spent at least the first 20 minutes of this movie just being like what is James doing and then <laughs> once you once you slowly realize that you're like this guy's on another level and he's changing the game again um, and he's given the hardcore horror fans a gift that we didn't know we expected um, we certainly didn't deserve um, but that's what we got and I think that's kind of my overwhelming feeling of this movie and my favorite thing about this movie is yeah. that this is like the most anti-normy horror I think I've ever seen. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought Midsommar was up there. but Yeah, because this is going to piss off 90% of the audience who watched this expecting <laughs> one of those films. And as someone who is so bored um of the tedium of those kinds of movies i fucking love this as a response mm. to those kind of movies mm. and this is just almost like a yeah i did that i changed the game i'm kind of sick of the fact that everyone's just remaking my movies over the last eight years why don't you try and remake this one how about you try because you definitely won't be able to um because i'm an absolute madman making this movie and i don't think anyone else could make get this movie made it is crazy like i say we are clearly flirting around with it and then we'll get your take but like when we get into it this movie is nuts i i couldn't believe half of what we were seeing on the big screen um and it was in like a wide release um it was just mind-blowing and yeah by the end of it i felt like it was this experience that i don't think i truly um appreciated because of how off guard it caught me mm. um but i still absolutely adored this movie i mean it was it was phenomenal it was one of the most unique things i've seen i it's a movie that i'm going to be thinking about for so long just because he pulled an amazing magic trick on the world and i don't think anyone really saw this coming um and i do think the trailer as we talk time and time again 
the trailer was magnificent they they it because it is part of the rouge of the movie um and part of like put pulling the wool over your eyes and thinking it's going to be one of those types of movies so yeah it's i can't wait to talk more about it but yeah this movie's fantastic what did you make of it yeah this movie is just it first and foremost it's fantastic i i feel like it was specifically made for us <laughs> as people that really love james wan that love his uh haunting movies but are sick and tired of what's happened in the last 10 years and and i feel like it is his response to it but not even to get onto that because i don't even care about that so much and that this movie is just just incredible like it's it's a it's a complete onion where like yeah we can peel it back and we can talk about you know what his take is and what his comments are and everything else on it but ultimately this was just an absolute blast it was it was so good you know when we get into the bits that we can't talk about like you say it's so crazy i couldn't couldn't believe what we were seeing like i've had to talk to people about it even though they think i'm not <laughs> because i just can't help myself because it's that crazy i just just can't believe that we you know something like that was on at the cinema um but i also think this movie is just spectacularly made throughout i think um you know i think so like we said someone about james wan his his career is crazy because the horror movies he's made, the giant blockbusters he's made, like he has such a craft with his movie making now that um, like with this one, and it's not even just the movie, it is the trailer, it's the poster. The poster is kind of telling you what this movie is, but you don't know until you've seen the movie that it's doing that, mm. you know, and it's, and it's everything about it. And kind of when the movie begins, it's kind of this, after the opening scene and the opening credits roll, we have this kind of crazy over-the-top heavy metal song, which is just like <laughs> a complete throwback to these early 2000s horror movies, which I miss so much. Um, and then throughout the movie, it's just got this really fantastic soundtrack that isn't a, a throwback to a specific genre or a specific time period. It's just kind of like a throwback to horror. Mm. There, there's elements of 80s horror in there there's the 2000s horror there's the 70s horror you know it's just everything is in there and i think kind of it it feels like his kind of the, the first 45 minutes is just this kind of and because it is this kind of disguise and it is kind of wrapped into what the craziness of the second half of the movie is he does just kind of throw everything at the wall in these kind of homages and, and like i say musical cues and everything but it just works and and it's because of his craft you know and the way that he um throughout these scenes that are you know should be quite boring actually it for us in particular where it is this kind of um character being maybe haunted maybe home invasion we're not quite sure it's just a bit freaky stuff going on um, and it just reminded me why I love the James Wan versions of this so much, because his craft just makes everything unique. The camera at mm. one point kind of flies through the house like it's a doll's house over the top. As our characters kind of running through the house, we kind of have these um, long kind of shots of following her through the house throughout all these different ways. And it's just kind of, I'm never bored watching it because James has always given us this you know, really interesting viewing experience. And I think that's kind of why in the the first half of this movie, when I didn't know what the hell was going on and I didn't know what the craziness was going to, I I wasn't expecting craziness. Mm. I was just quite enjoying that journey. 
Um, it was so reminiscent of The Conjuring 2, wasn't yeah, it? Of, like, was these just... really awesome camera techniques and shots that you just yeah. don't see anyone else doing. Just beautiful, matched with this kind of, like I say, I don't want to use the word hodgepodge of a soundtrack, but that's kind of what it is, but it works, mm. you know? And like I say, because it kind of sounds negative, and it's really not. It's just unique. Um, and it's just this real... I mean, the only thing, it, it's just a... You know, it's James Wan in making a horror movie. That's what it is. And, I, and that's what I kind of the first half an hour of this it just kind of made me happy because i was like oh this is just a james wan horror movie and why was i not more pumped for it and then suddenly what i get in the last hour or 45 minutes is just yeah pure insanity it's so over the top and i loved every single second of it um it's probably the one movie this year that i've instantly wanted to rewatch. Mm. um i can't think of a movie that i want to rewatch more you know, there there are they're, we've seen great movies this year, but I felt like a lot of them. The experience is the journey when you go on it the first time. But yeah, with this one, like you said, I really want to see it again. I want to see the scenes with the killer again. I want to study all of these different things. I want to study kind of, you know, when when Madison first has visions and just kind of the opening scene and and stuff that I can't go into, and you know, all of this stuff that I just want to. Um, really unpack and watch again and i think kind of um you know it's it's probably one of the first movies in a long long time that i'd be really tempted to try to see at the cinema twice because it Mm. really like in terms of a cinema horror like you say no one can get this on the big screen apart from him like we've seen some out there horror movies um but to, to kind of this level and this level of zaniness and, and with this kind of production value behind it as well. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily know what the budget is because it's not necessarily even a budget production value. It's it, just it, it, a budget. <laughs> I, I don't, okay. Yeah. What is the budget? Is it, is it fairly substantial? 40 million. That's brilliant. I love it so much. <laughs> like how, like, yeah, no one can get this movie made then. Yeah. That's the point. No, but that's, that's what you're saying is, is like the, these types of movies by these true authors mm. are, which is like you say, this is a new IP. This is not based on an existing franchise, which that in itself is rare is this huge cinema horror. Mm. But then the fact that this is a $40 million budget, which is for a movie that is absolutely mental, yeah. which will only cater to, I think a very specific, hardcore horror audience Mm. and so ultimately i don't think this movie is going to get anywhere near that back and that really saddens me but that's just the reality of the world this this movie will split the horror audience my hope is that the people that do latch onto this like ourselves um i really hope they champion this movie i really hope they love it and support it and this does at least become you know for that side of the audience one of the all-time greats where it's like it's immediately one of those cult classics that people will defend because i think this is going to be i mean it's already i can just see online that this is such a divisive film Mm. um which i can totally a hundred percent understand in terms of the movie because Mm. it's not made i don't think like i said like i said earlier this is the most anti-normie horror film i've ever seen what does surprise me is that it does seem to be split in the hardcore audience Um, it doesn't mean 
does it not? Because I have seen a few people, and I don't necessarily agree with this, but I, I guess I do agree with it more than I don't, is people saying, you know, there's the people that get it and there's the people that don't get it. Um, and I do I do see that line of thought where I don't normally always, I, I do think that's a reductionist way of looking at it, where mm-hmm. people are allowed to have their opinions, obviously. And I don't think you should just say, oh, you don't get it if you don't like it. Yeah. But uh, this is a movie that is such an acquired taste. And I myself went through that mo- uh, emotions as I was watching the movie. Um, I and think, I, so I, I can definitely it, see it go the other way if yeah. you weren't on for the ride. But I just went full the other way and just absolutely adored it. I think it. it's just slicing the cake more and more thinly. So mm. you kind of you have the horror section. You kind of have um, the fact that there will be some people that don't get it. That's not that's not you know a slight or anything else. It's mm. just that you'll go in expecting something and it's not that, and it's just and it'll throw you and. I've had it multiple times with this podcast over the years where I'll watch a movie and because I've been very much expecting something and I get a different, you know, something else, I'm just not ready for it and I don't want it. And and quite often, or if I'm just not in the mood for that type of movie, you know, I think there's, you know, uh, multiple times over the years, we watch movies at the perfect time and it makes me love them more. And sometimes I watch them at a bad time and it makes me not like a movie that, that I would potentially like. It's just it's just how it is. Um, mm. You know, so that's going to slice things. And I think then, yeah, the fact that this is just so niche in, in its kind of throwback, it's not a, you know, uh, Halloween throwback or whatever. This is a throwback to a very kind of, you know, real kind of, you know, subsection already. So I just think, yeah, you're slicing things quite thin and it will it will split things quite a bit. But um I think for me, like, I um, I can't really think of a movie that I would want to champion more this year. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, probably Psycho Gorman at the start of the year that yeah. we really got on with. And I think other than that, like, it would be this, which feels weird, haven't feeling like I'd want to get behind a James Wan horror movie. But I, I really feel like yeah, I, yeah, I-, I want to. I completely um, agree with that sentiment where like it, it does feel weird to me like you say that I get that it's divisive because like mm. don't get me wrong I don't watch this movie like because like something like A Quiet Place I feel like you can put that in front of anyone mm. and like if you don't get how great that movie is I just think your opinion kind of sucks whereas <laughs> like this is I totally get if this isn't for you because it's mental yeah, sure. um, but I think for the hardcore horror fans that he made this for which is you know we're speaking to those people right now people who listen into a weekly horror podcast this yeah. is for you like well, I this is i think it's it's almost the rob zombie argument though that i think like you know we are rob zombie guys we specifically mm. like the horror movies that he put out and he he will often make a movie that i feel like has been made for us um and, and yeah, but Rob, like... rob's been robbing people the wrong way for decades though oh, but who correct. doesn't who doesn't but... like james wan <laughs> no but i think that's literally what james wan has done here where he's he has made a movie that's specifically something that talks to me where i'm like mm. okay we've got a slasher going on here and we've got this kind of you know killer going on and then it goes batshit and mm. i like everything batshit about it and, and i mean yeah. but we're obviously not to get into spoilers but like a lot of this movie especially the tail end really reminded me of upgrade and yeah. I was kind of like, oh, okay. That you can still see that him and Leah kind of got a lot of diff- um, a lot of similar opinions, I guess, on films. Because I, I do think there's a lot of of uh, the DNA there. I don't know if you if you thought oh, that when you were watching the act- it. The action sequences, mm. the way they were shot, in particular, the kind of um, al- almost like a video game kind mm. of uh, virtual fighter, kind of like the two people side by side having this battle. You know, it's kind of it's very much like that, and the way it's shot, it, it felt very upgrade. Um, 
But I mean, you know, you can't blame him for wanting to steal from one of the greatest movies of the past, you know, 20 years. So it yeah. makes sense for James to do that. I mean, didn't you, you, just to clarify, you didn't have that in your top 10 for that year. So um, I thought we were doing a decade list. Hopefully, so I'm it. <laughs> hopefully Malignant will uh, actually make a top 10. Um, but yeah, I no, just don't want to ruin a list for everyone when all 10 movies that year would have been upgrade. You know, <laughs> um, one thing I do want to mention to kind of bring the mood down a bit, I guess, is um, Saw. Um, because because I, I tell you what, just give me a moment, because the watching this movie, like obviously James has made so many movies since Saw and I don't think any of his movies have remotely reminded me of Saw before because they're so different in style. Obviously, that was such this gritty, dirty film Saw and watching this movie, there was so many parts that reminded me of Saw kind of like the way the killer looks first and foremost. Um the way the killer's shot in terms of in shadows to keep that mystique. There's one yeah. scene where the killer's running away from a detective. And I was like, my God, this this is the Saw movie that yeah. I was hoping I would get this year. And, you know, I was watching well, it. And all they even have like a layer, which is, you know, reminiscent of kind of Jigsaw's layer. And 100%. Sort of oh, my God. I nearly said it to you in the cinema. Yeah. Like, there's the camera shot with the fan in the background. Yeah. Oh, the fan, and, yeah. And I was like, this is the start of the best saw trap. Um, And so to see those moments, and listen, I get it. James Wan shouldn't do it um because it's beneath him at this point but i honestly think the only thing that can save saw at this point is james one um because i just like you say it's i thought darren could save it and it and it's at an all-time low so i i genuinely think like james and lee you know they birthed it into this world at least they could kill it um because i don't think anyone else deserves saw other than this man but yeah i had to throw that in there just because there was so many scenes and that that really reminded me of saw and i i just couldn't believe it um because it, it kind of made me realize like oh yeah that's where this guy started because i do think that he his other movies do have a lot of the fingerprints you know and you look at his the possession type movies they are similar in tone mm. and i do think you can see that dna a lot easier and obviously there's a lot of the conjuring as we've already talked about all over this movie but i think that was what was great is that he kind of looked at all of the great horror stuff that he's done in the past and i think mm. he mixed it together he made something completely fresh and original um and it isn't this kind of like fan servicey thing like oh i'm going to give you a bit of saw a bit of conjuring a bit of insidious and the fans will lap that up it's like no he kind of just subverts all expectations and he delivered something that yeah i didn't think was possible for to deliver for this podcast which is no. a genuine surprise from a big name director on the big screen mm. you know we are involved in these movies to some capacity we watch most of the trailers you know yeah. we read a synopsis or two you know we generally know if there's like big name actors and such Do you know what i mean we know at least something about yeah, a think, lot of these films. you know it was even one or two weeks ago i was literally saying to you doesn't it feel weird that we're not like hmm buzzing like absolutely going insane that we're watching a james one movie next week but it was just you know, but I was almost part of it was I was comfortable and happy mm. that it was quite subdued. And I was like, I'm kind of glad I'm going into this with no hype. But but ordinarily, I think there was some fear and trepidation there that I'm like, I, I, why am I not buzzed for this? And yet mm. ordinarily, like you say, a big name horror director on the big screen is something that we're hyped for. And then, yeah, they deliver, you know, it's like. Yeah, when we saw Us, we expected to see Movie of the Year, and we did. But, um, 
you know, it, it, this is this is really nice when you get something that just isn't expected and not something that we've kind of, you know, been been playing up and it just hits us in the face. Definitely. It does get me worried, I will say, about Last Night in Soho, because if you look at the kind of trailer to film ratio this year, yeah. Candyman is really the only one that was like, we love the trailer and love the film. I feel like like Old had a terrible trailer and was awesome. Um, I love the, tra- the trailers for Spiral, and that was terrible. Like, I feel like for the most part... You know, I you know the Quiet Place trailer I thought was okay, and the movie was definitely better than that. Um, but yeah, it was like it hasn't. I don't know. It seems to kind of not really be that correlation anymore. And so, and the Last Night in Soho trailer is so incredible. Where I'm like, man, I really hope that it is an all trailer and no substance in the movie. But uh, we shall see very soon. Um, we will. But yeah, this movie, I guess, to go into recommendations. Um, obviously recommend this movie like if you're listening to this podcast i would consider you the hardcore um you know you might have your own definitions of that but to me anyone who listens to a weekly horror podcast you're in that subsection um obviously you can get more and more niche and you can get the people that are seeking out asian horror every other week of course that's more niche and unique but like we are part of that subsection and i think this movie's made for us this movie yeah. is made for everyone listening to the show, um, and it is a gift to us. It is a definitely a love letter to horror. You know, he said that prior to the movie, and you see that sort of stuff thrown around quite a bit um, recently. But this is the most truest realization of that I've ever seen. Where if he didn't make that for the hardcore horror fans, who the hell did he make this movie for? <laughs> um, because I think it Gabriel. only speaks to us. Yeah, it only speaks to us, and it doesn't even speak to all of us apparently. But um, mm. it's the hill I'm willing to die on i guess you're just wrong if you don't like malignant and that's fine to be yeah. wrong in this world just know that you are wrong it's um, fine to be wrong but i too will be dying on this hill i yes. think like you said it's um it's the most kind of um unsafe movie that he could make after mm. back-to-back billion dollar movies as well <laughs> i think that's the other thing yeah it's like you know, um, we because see I don't think this movie is going to make its budget. Yeah, so people you know, we, look at that. You know, we see people like Fede that, that mm. kind of is just striving to please kind of studios. And James has just kind of said, I want to make this. Yeah. Like you say, this absolute love letter to a specific hardcore horror audience. And um, I hope they love it. And, and yeah, like I said, it, it completely blew me away. I will champion this movie i think you you do it a disservice if you don't see it at the cinema and then as well i think you ought to recommend it to every normal person that you know Um, (laughs) because i have and i'm 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 really looking forward to seeing how you're a psycho (laughs) you're gonna you're gonna lose a lot of friendships that way um I'm, i'm happy to if if i make a friend in james one well, that's the thing. If someone does like it, you know you got a homie for life um, because you know. you know that you're a like-minded in- in- individual. You know, occasionally, you play the martyrs card on someone, and you see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I used to play that game and realize my mistake. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, no, I'm no rolling that dice with Milligan. Okay, well, let us know how that gets on. Um, <laughs> because yeah, I definitely wouldn't recommend this to anyone other than the hardcore fans. <laughs> like if you like this is the classic and we talk about this a lot where it's like oh if you have a loved one or a friend who kind of dips their toe and especially with october around the corner yeah they're like oh i like the conjuring and insidious oh yeah yeah and they'll be like what's the you know what's a they'll be like what's a horror movie you've seen this year you think i'd like and you'd be thinking oh well there's a quiet place part two and there's these other kind of normie friendly movies and then you'd be like nope 
watch malignant um yeah. because you see <laughs> the thing is all these other ones you you need prior no- knowledge you've got to watch the first one mm. this is a brand new ip mate you just go straight into it yeah i do think that it's kind of like if if you're on length where if you're someone who loves malignant and loves psycho Gorman, i'm mm. pretty sure i love you yeah, um I'm because sure we should be besties yeah because it's like you can't go wrong in the world with movies like this um but yeah i mean that's about as strong as a recommendation as we could ever give on the show mm-hmm. um i guess go into spoilers for a little bit um yeah maybe just a little bit yeah i mean i don't want to yeah we're not going to dissect the whole plot or anything but i just want to talk about kind of like how obscene it is and the whole concept of <laughs> this killer because i thought it was just so well done mm-hmm. um when i didn't ex- like see it coming or anything like that and so i think it it does serve a purpose as a twist anyway yeah. but then once we get into the final act and gabriel is allowed to take the center stage and we kind of get that scene in the police station where he's just like ruining everyone and it's just so over the top and amazing and kind of like yeah at that point the movie has jumped every shark known to man Mm. um you know the detectives you mentioned them at the start of the show like i love james wan's kind of portrayal of detectives obviously Mm. this is a more goofier style um i would say this toes the line where it's not as goofy as like insidious but it's not as serious as saw up to the point of like um you know them uh you know up into the point of the 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 prison cell scene the detectives were were you know pretty pretty good really they they felt like just human beings well again they they really reminded me of the dual detectives and Saw, where i was like these are great interesting characters they're not just there to drive the plot forward and just to fill in the gaps between death sequences and so it's not all in this bathroom scene they're an equal part of the story which is interesting i like them both Mm. yeah exactly um and so yeah like they were fantastic um and yeah just all of the kind of action horror hybrid like i say i do think that's where i guess that that might be where you lose some people mm. um because it, it does become extremely action focused mm. no question about it and i think that's why i loved it so much is because yeah like fuck genre like i i get that we have a you know a specific genre podcast but we've been saying that since episode one of like it's just an easy way really to kind of explain to the, an audience the type of movie that you're gonna see but mm. ultimately all genres do is put people in corners and in boxes yeah. and great pieces of art and entertainment should never do that they should just be what they want to be and that's what malignant is it's just here's this batshit crazy movie it's james wan having a blast if you want to come for the ride you're going to have the time of your life if you don't see you later there's plenty of other boring horror movies you can go watch um and yeah, yeah there that's... was a new conjuring movie this year you're good it, hey it that was, was a good eaten. come on no, that, that was, was good no, i was about to say and it was <laughs> no but i'm just yeah saying, like, if you want conjuring <laughs> movies go see them they're still coming out yeah, like, I know, but it was, <laughs> it's just because I said it's because but... I said boring just before <laughs> it made it seem bad. Um, but, but the thing is, as well, I think with the um, turn and kind of this whole reveal of Gabriel, even throughout, like when we kind of pretty much know that's who it is, I still didn't realize the true form of what mm. it would be. And I think that's the thing where I was like, you know, we get this opening scene, we get this kind of crazy hospital opening scene with kind of them talking about you know it really felt like how the beginning of halloween should have been 
where they're kind of talking about this force and they're like, he's getting stronger and he's controlling electric. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, and then suddenly you just see like these four bodies get thrown out of the room and you just see this absolute bloodbath. And, um, and then this just crazy kind of creature. And you don't really know what that creature is like for the longest time. Um, and so when, I don't know about you, and because we're into spoilers now, like when they mm. were talking about Madison and Gabriel and when they were showing the videos and there was Madison kind of being interviewed and that sort of thing, did you think Gabriel was a twin or, or just another sibling that was, a you know, another human being? I had honestly no idea where I was like, they they were clearly playing into the whole it's in her head thing um, Mm. because I did notice. And it's one of those things where in these types of movies, sometimes these lines of dialogue just really stick out for you because you're like, okay, that was clearly in there. But the the female detective immediately says it's her. She's like, yep, motive, she killed her abusive husband. And I was like, I feel like that's going to be very important um, by the end of the movie. And I'm glad it wasn't kind of what I suspected. But yeah, that was the only thing I was even remotely thinking, I guess even though again that's what i love is that there are so many contradictions throughout the whole Mm. movie because you're seeing a physical entity when she's in that sleep paralysis you're seeing another person crawl over her to do these murders so you're like well it can't be her has that fight and chase with yeah with a tangible person she says it doesn't she yeah i was like holy shit like you know gabriel is is a you know real and and Mm. yeah i had in my head that it was that he was a sibling and that they were in the place together and then kind of he was assumed dead and not dead. And then obviously when we got the reveal of kind of what he was as uh, in the flashback, even then I was like, oh, he was cut off and then just kind of a la basket case is still Mm. alive and and kicking. And like what we actually got was just so much more crazy. And and yeah, I, I love that it kept me kind of guessing as to what his true form was. And, and yeah, I never really, um, you know, call me call me stupid, but I never really thought Professor Quirrell was an option for this horror movie. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, it was it was so good, and I think kind of when we got the reveal, and I think, like I said, when I when now we're in spoilers and we're talking about it, I I do get how silly it is, and I get kind of um, even the visuals, like it's crazy. And you've either, in your head, you've either flicked a switch where you're just like, hell fucking yeah, and turned it up to 11 and just went for it, which is clearly what we did. Or, you know, you, you know, you do look at this and you're like, this is really strange. <laughs> and, you know, and you can't get past the strangeness where, like, the second, like, the, the, the overcoat gets put on and the gloves got put on, I was just, like, in my seat, just, like, I wanted to, like, clap because I was, uh, you know, I just thought it was brilliant. Yeah. Um, but I do get that you could, you know, if if I hadn't turned that switch in my head, I, I could have had a very different take on it. And well, I, let's and just I on this hill even be. more because, yeah, like the uh, to me that is that moment where you're like, hey, if you're a person that just wants some really cool fun, yeah. this is where the movie's going to get amazing. If you're a bore yeah. um, and you're someone who wants to overanalyze <laughs> every little detail, I can't be bothered. I'm really, I want to defend this movie. Like, if you're one of those people, like, well, actually, um, this, this, and this, I'm like, just go that way at that speed <laughs> yeah, just go do something else because i just don't want to hear about it but yeah i think the, the one of the final things i wanted to bring up was 
the vi- the the way the killer looks is mm. you know we have talked about this recently where we have seen an amazing resurgence of these great looking killers in in yeah. so many different things and i think this takes the cake of like this kind of face that is bursting out of a skull on the back of this head with this long hair. But then when he's moving around and fighting, it's this backwards body that's kind of contorting. It's, it's, it's fucking incredible. And and like you said, it's the, it's the best horror villain we've had since Jigsaw. Mm. You know, yeah. like, I don't know what else there would be. Like, you know, I guess if you're going to, you know, there, there are some things you could throw into it, but like visually and just like, I want, I want Gabriel to be iconic like mm. that. I want, I want to see figures. I want to see it. I want to see it everywhere because mm. it's, it's such, like you say, this kind of blank face in the back of his head is, is such like a, like I say, crazy visual. And, and, um, oh man, I just want to watch this movie again. He's the best like that, character since Psycho <laughs> Gorman. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, but I, I think as well, it's like that that could become one of these things. Like that that um, you know, like I can already see like, but it probably won't because it's just not going to get the love it deserves. But I, f- I really hope it does because I just think this movie really just deserves nothing but eyeballs on it from the horror I'm, I'm there with you i think i i can feel the hesitation in your voice to not say it but because i think you're thinking what i'm thinking where i don't need any more of this like I, no. i'm with you i want him to become this iconic killer but i don't want a malignant too like no. uh, you know if james wan's doing it then i'm sure i'd i'd, I'd be excited but oh, it isn't Christ. it isn't oh don't even say it because it would be disgusting if there's like a malignant two that's not directed by james well, that's the like, thing i mean that's what yeah, would that's happen if this movie yeah. made a lot of money yeah. um yeah, which I like you said wanted to do well but I, do, I don't think it will unfortunately no but like i don't need eight movies for him to be a iconic villain mm. he is an iconic villain because of this one movie i just want the the merch and the, the the cult following to be there you know it doesn't need to be a franchise for that hopefully no. but but well, yeah. we just got to be on the right side of history and just can, can, to continue the, to support this movie from now on because it's amazing the other thing is as well which we didn't touch upon in, in our review it's not really about the movie but it's just like his use of seattle as well mm. and this kind of the underground city of seattle yeah, which both really of cool. us didn't, didn't know <laughs> was a real thing uh have you looked it up to make sure it is? <laughs> Sorry? Have you, like, looked yes. it up to make sure yeah, it is? Okay. I have watched some YouTube videos of the nice. tour because that's a real tour. Yeah, that was so um, cool in the movie, wasn't it? And... This just, like, what, like where they've essentially gone a story mm. up from, like, where the original street was. Yeah, it's so bizarre. Like, I'm not going to bore people with the details of it now, but it's really fascinating and it's worth looking at uh, how kind of when buildings were being built and they knew it was going to happen, they kind of built their first floor as a bit of a shithole and their second floor as their shop front. <laughs> because they knew in 10 years time it would be it and then when the when it was all laid they just let the bottom floor go to shit and that's why it's all there but but it's like a proper substructure and it's just you know it's 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 absolutely crazy but it's but it's not even like that's cool and it's something that we didn't know and it's completely nerdy outside of horror movies to want to look at that and blah 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 but the actual use of it in the horror movie was fantastic as well and i think that's the thing that and that's what made me interested in it because it's it's a it's a character in the movie, you know. It's kind of it's used multiple times, and I'm like, damn! I want to see more horror movies in Seattle where you've got this killer that's using the underground network and and all mm. of this stuff. Like it, it, it really it was fantastic. And and um, like I say, the fact that then 
I didn't know this thing existed and it made me research real life. Just, it's, you know, geography uh, was great, but, but the, the use of it was the most important part and it was fantastic. It is cool to see, a, a, you know, an American horror movie set not in the kind of traditional places mm. where we, we see so many set in the same three or four different, you know, states. And so it is cool to see that because, like I say, it did give this movie a different flavor and it definitely made it feel more original where it felt like this story was specifically for this place um but mm. yeah what a movie man these are the types of what movies that movie. like like we said before you just want to talk about over and over again you don't want to move on from it and be like okay next week there's something else you just want to be like no let's just let's just watch malignant again because it's I so good the thing is as well so i think this is probably the biggest compliment i can give the movie is that i've you know last year was was a very upwards and you know up and down year and and i pretty much didn't create my top 10 horror list until we got to the year end and i thought right now is time to kind of see what came out of the ashes and actually it was a pretty good year um but and so this year i've kind of almost took the same approach and this week i was like i need to start my top 10 list i need to start putting movies down and i've created I've not created numbers, but I've just started to put films in that list. And this is the movie that just made me think like, I don't want to forget this feeling of this movie when it's at year end. I need mm. to make sure it's bookmarked as one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it's, it's made me think about the top 10 in the year end more than, than any other movie this year. Um, yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to it i think the last sort of four four months have been brilliant we you know we've seen loads of movies that are great and yeah. i have no concerns about there being a very strong top 10 my yeah. my worry is that i think i've seen probably five or six movies this year that i think are really good um yeah. that i like probably like almost equally and it, it to me it doesn't feel like there's as much of a breakdown i guess between the movies where normally there's like okay this feels like a you know third blessed movie fourth do you know what i mean whereas mm. like i've seen probably five movies that i could possibly give one or you know the one or two spot to as of right now um yeah. i think that's how equal this year is which is great that is definitely a good thing you know mm. we've had it before of like like 2018 was the most obvious example where a quiet place was from the second we saw it there wasn't even remotely another movie in the running no. um you know and so yeah it is cool that there's like yeah there's at least four or five movies now that if we had to give it to number one i'd be pretty happy with it so that's that's awesome um yeah i know it is it is and i think that's you know like i say how this year is shaping up and it's why i wanted to kind of start to bookmark things because it is just these uh, you know looking at my list i have kind of i literally have five movies which i'm like i there's no way they're not in a top 10 and then I then I have a list of about ten others that I'm like, I liked all of these, and mm. like I wonder where they'll be. And I'm like, we're not even at the busy season. Like we've got a lot of crazy big movies still to see. And I and I honestly feel like the list of five is going to become ten by year end. And I'm going to have this <laughs> list of bankers, and I'm going to have these ones where I'm like, damn, like I really like that movie, and I wanted to give it a nod, and I can't get it in there. Yeah, it feels like a year where the difference between like the third spot and the eighth spot is yeah. going to be almost nothing. You know, yeah. like you could you could swap those and I'd be fine with it, which mm. which I don't think has ever been the case with any of the lists. No. Um, 
No, I don't. So, yeah, it's been an absolutely great year. Um, and, yeah, that was our discussion on Malignant. Uh, we will take a short break and we will be right back. So yeah, that is pretty much it for this week. Um, have you have you been watching anything in the past week other than the incredible movie? Um, I have watched a lot of TV, which I'll come on to, and I have watched a horror movie um, that wasn't as good as Malignant. Um, <laughs> not, which not is a many surprise, are. which is a surprise, but it was nowhere near as good as Malignant. I watched mm. uh, Deadly Manor, all uh, right, which is an Arrow release. Hence right. why I'm watching it, and it's. It, it basically it was the arrow cover and kind of the the synopsis of it that kind of made me think oh yeah i'm gonna pick this up and it could be could be fun and i should have seen the massive uh warning sign that this movie came out in 1990 so it was just a year <laughs> um yeah uh, yeah basically a group of teenagers take refuge in a des- deserted mansion and there's like a killer and but it's really not that for most of the movie it's just this it's that very generic setup and we almost get like an hour until they all start going off and sleeping with each other and then i'm like Mm. we haven't even seen anyone die yet and then like (laughs) and then there's kind of 20 minutes at the end where yeah people die but it's just really not good um yeah it was really a real swing and a miss for me um Mm. for these arrow ones um i think kind of Normally what I expect from these sorts of movies is that it's just this consistent kind of, uh, uh, I can't think of the one now, The Burning was one where it was just mm. kind of like, oh, okay, I'm just getting, you know, I'm getting these consistent kills. It's Tom Savini effects. Like it's going to be, you know, it, it was fun. It's not a banger, but it was, it was a fun journey. But yeah, this one, this one wasn't. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, and then, and then, yeah, I've uh, been watching a lot of The Walking Dead. <laughs> which uh, continues to be The Walking Dead. Um, no surprises there. It's a strange one because it's just kind of um, the, the the thing that I've enjoyed most about The Walking Dead is that now it's on Disney Plus. I can read the one line episode synopsis again, and they've been pretty fantastic. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, uh and and so yeah that that's been my highlight of this season reading the one line description of the episode and then nice and then watching the episode and realizing it can be perfectly summed up in one line has been the disappointment of this season um, i can't believe you've still got time to watch that show like it's just so it's so weird yeah you know i just i'm 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 it just is the being, definition of stockholm syndrome as like a watcher of something i'm just being stubborn to a point now that's the only mm-hmm. thing where I'm just like, I refuse. Like, if they said we're going to do 10 more seasons, I'm like, well, fuck you, I'll keep watching it. Like, <laughs> I, I, and, and I don't know why, because it's, it's the wrong way to be stubborn. But mm. uh, that's, that's the journey I'm on. Um, but yeah, then I've, I've also watched kind of half of the season of The Stand. All right, yeah. Are you ready um, to talk about it now, or do you, would you like to watch um, more? I think, I think probably I'll get to kind of when, when we'll have a talk about it when when i get to the end because i'm mm. kind of i am hammering through it i'm kind of i'm i'm in episode six now of the nine um, yeah i think it's kind of and, and i i feel like it's 
it, it needs to be built into something because I've, it, I've really enjoyed the opening episodes where we kind of get this outbreak. It very touched close to home <laughs> with, with the world we've just been through. But I really enjoyed that. And, and kind of the last few episodes, we've kind of got our group of people that we know. And um, we're now seeing their journey kind of in, in this new post-apocalyptic world. And I kind of, I need to see where that journey goes to see whether, you know, to see how much I like this or not. Um, All roads but, lead to Vegas. They, they do, apparently. <laughs> um, but uh, it's got a really great cast. Um, oh, the cast I, is so good. Yeah, you know, I really didn't know how deep the cast was and how good mm. the cast was. I mean, give me a Scars Garden, I'm happy. But then, like, we have so much more than that as well. And just even the people that you don't know, I think, mm. I think almost everyone in this show is, is doing a really great job of their character. Um, there isn't a character that I, that I dislike, really. Mm. um and and so yeah i think that's one of the strongest bits and yeah i'm I'm looking forward to seeing kind of ultimately where it goes and i really hope it does have a purpose towards kind of these last episodes yeah i love the cast the cast was definitely my favorite thing about it especially for a movie uh, for a tv show that did just completely go under the radar at the start of this year where i was like this has like massive stars in it you know even cameos goldberg in it it's like yeah and like isn't uh, again this is i guess a slight spoiler for super early on but like isn't jk simmons in it to like at the start isn't he yeah and um like heather graham kind yeah. of pops up for a little but like, bit jk and... simmons is like won oscars yeah. recently and he's just yeah, he's popping up for like a guest appearance in this weird horror show that no one watched like it's really bizarre yeah he's just in the pilot yeah isn't he yeah i think he's just in the pilot yeah i thought he was um hmm. But yeah, I really liked it. Like you say, it is a show where it's very slow um, because mm. it is one of these shows that is just about the characters. It doesn't yeah. really have a wider plot or anything. It's just about watching these characters exist. And then there's clearly this big confrontation they're building towards. Um, how much, I guess, because I can't remember what there is at episode six. How much have you seen of like Skarsgård's world? Yeah, you no, know, I've like seen the a Vegas. Lot of Vegas now right. where it's, it's basically Dead Rising 2. Yeah, it's so, I love it so much. Um, where, because you got yeah, Fiona he's... Dorf there as well. Yeah, yeah. There's such the cast is awesome. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. Yeah, like I mean, I said. his little, little right hand man as well is the guy from um, Hereditary. Yeah, he's he's brilliant. Like, yeah, him. yeah. I really liked it. I'm, I'm looking forward to you watching episode eight because that was the one where it was like to me it was worth the build up. It was the crazy payoff, and then episode eight was mental. Episode nine is a bizarre one, like as i yeah. talked about at the time where it's this weird new ending that stephen king <laughs> wrote recently um which was fine but yeah i think episode eight is like where it where it, where it's at um so yeah all good stuff yeah there's a lot of tv on at the minute i'm like you say american horror story has obviously been on mm. um i'm letting it build up a little bit like i am worried because there's a lot of stuff coming soon mm. um so i will get to it before we're like right in the meat of october but i also I just really like that with American Horror Story. Like, I like to know that there's at least five or six episodes that I can burn through. Yeah, I don't um, So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to that. I probably won't get to it for at least another couple of weeks. But, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but, yeah, as far as, obviously, our upcoming schedule, um, we have got a couple of kind of quote-unquote free weeks now. I guess the next big release is midnight mass mm-hmm. um obviously coming to netflix on the 24th of september obviously as it's a tv show we won't be covering it until at least a week after that um which gives us a couple of weeks until then so we'll probably cover that as like the first show in october mm-hmm. um 
so we have obviously a couple of weeks in September. Um, we have obviously profile um, has kind of like been top of our list for a while. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll probably get to that to the next week. And then it might be nice to obviously end off September with a little bit of ranking Wes Craven um, sort of lo- leading us that. into the busy October season, because mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to have to have a little conversation about a nightmare on Elm street sooner rather than later. So I'm very much looking forward to that. I don't know whether I want to, but I feel like we, we need to. <laughs> yeah. The, the, just ignore the ranking part and just enjoy mm. the, we get to talk about how hopefully amazing the movie is. Um, obviously amazing. We've seen it many times. Um, and then, yeah, obviously October midnight mass um, VHS 94 is at the start of October as well. Um, so hopefully we'll get to that after midnight mass. Um, and then it kind of gets to the big releases. Halloween kills, as we discussed, there's like middle of October um, and then end of October, which I think they're on the same day, which kind of sucks um, is last night in Soho and antlers. Um Crazy. So obviously we'll watch Soho first and then we'll get to Antlers uh, early November. So yeah, pretty, pretty awesome, like coming schedule. And it's nice to have that all blocked out for October um, with a lot of big stuff there. Obviously TV with Midnight Mass, let alone like obviously Midnight Mass is special because it's, you know, it's Mike Flanagan. So we have to dedicate mm. a show to it. Whereas we're going to be watching Chucky. We're going to be watching American Horror Story um, and loads of stuff a creep show is out in a couple yeah. of weeks um so yeah th- they'll be kind of th- these these episodes will be longer when we're talking about tv at the end um as they inevitably are um but yeah that is it for this week that was episode 265 where we talked about the absolutely amazing malignant uh thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone Shut up, I can't Mainly because I never could How 